0: Today on the Back Row Fantasy Show, we talk about the 2019 NFL draft and give you our initial thoughts on the whole shebang bang. On the Back Row Fantasy Show, coming now. Welcome to the Back Row Fantasy Show with your hosts Jeremy Barker, Aaron Arms and Chad Nittle. welcome back chad just kidding he's not actually here but i did use the uh, the old sounder on that one so forgive me it's okay we're not gonna fix it because we love chad welcome back chad hey guys how's it going yeah, okay. Yeah, that,
1: and that's all the Chad uh, uh, impersonations we're doing today.
0: That's all we got. So, so me and Arms, time crunch this weekend. A lot of things going on. The draft for one. We didn't record at our normal time because the draft was on.
1: There will also be no in-game spoilers during this entire podcast, so feel free to listen all the way through.
0: Correct. No in-game spoilers, but me and Arms did just go see it today on Sunday, April 28th. Not Each- together. He caught the 3D uh, matinee at like two o'clock. I went for the 3:45 non 3D. I ran into him. His glasses were squarely resting upon that brow that we've talked about before. It was a beautiful thing.
1: Uh, I know you've said you wish your glasses could do that. But I, I, I do. It's convenient. I have Captain uh, Captain Caveman type uh, eyebrow, brow line here. It so. just
0: it just looks it just looks convenient. I just wish I could do it. But here, I, here's happy... what I will say: great movie,
1: great. Yeah. Great oh, yeah. movie. Without going into any more detail, yep. I'll, I will watch it again.
0: Yep, and and I won't do any spoilers, but I wondered before walking in how in the world can they top Infinity War because I was blown away by that. And guess what? They did. One thing I do have a complaint about is there was a little bit of a spoiler during the NFL draft on the trailer, and it made me angry. I Turned my sound off immediately and turned my head. I did not watch a trailer. I didn't read a single snippet about the movie before I went and saw it. I I ignored everything.
1: I was so mad about that. Now, whether it plays a part in it or not, just, what the heck?
0: Anyhow. Yeah, that's just wrong. LaShawn McCoy, also, I didn't read what you posted, but apparently you ruined the movie for a ton of people. Shame on you. I hope that their new draftee takes your job. He's going to yes
1: he's going yes. he's going to you know what uh, he probably got cut it's like post- you know what screw this I'm just ru- I'm ruining uh, Infinity
0: War for everyone Ugh. F you
1: Miles Sanders it made <laughs> me so <laughs> mad
0: he's prob- so angry Miles
1: Sanders probably follows him now and he's like alright hand delete
0: yeah Peace out. Even Josh Rosen deleted LaShawn deleted McCoy after he deleted the Cardinals. I,
1: said, I just said the
0: wrong guy. I'm an idiot. That's okay. It was De- Devin McCoy. Singletary. No, I was. I don't know why. I'm an idiot. It's, well, we've been talking Miles Sanders a lot today, yes, so that's where that comes from. But let's, uh, let's not get too crazy deep into the running backs yet. We're not going to give you fantasy analysis today. We're just going to talk about what we liked, what we were confused by, what surprised us. We'll run through... The top names and where they went and how we think they fit, but this is basically just a initial reactions episode of the Back Row Fantasy Show, and uh, no surprises on number one, Kyler Murray. I mean, I don't think either one of us are surprised. You okay. guys know how we feel about him. We're on the opposite ends of the spectrum, but
1: I wasn't shocked that that's where he went. Of course. I did think they was going to try to trade out. And I'm not 100% convinced they didn't try to trade out. What I will say, in this whole wake of the Kyler Murray thing, to get immediately away from Kyler Murray, and I'm sorry to do this, but I feel like this may have been the maturing event required for Josh
0: Rosen to become what he needs to be. That is that is perfect because I agree. The way he handled – and Steve Smith, Steve Smith was so dead wrong, in my opinion, on his rant about uh, Josh Rosen – Josh Rosen, all the way up to this process, showed up to team activities, was a good sport. The players were talking about him in high regard. Then he makes that video today. Thanking that was Arizona, awesome. You know, wishing Kyler the best. I He handled it with pure class, in my opinion. And, and let's just be realistic. Like, arguably, not, not even arguably,
1: some of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game never viewed it that way. Never viewed someone possibly, you know, taking their job or – in this situation, obviously he was traded away immediately. But you know, Brett Favre, he was like sheltering. You know, no, no, we're oh, not, yeah. not
0: going to give Aaron Rodgers any reps. Oh yeah, and Aaron Rodgers will do the same thing to whatever quarterback comes in after him. Like Ben Roethlisberger told, you know, looked at Mason Rudolph, like go away. Do
1: you think it's a coincidence that when Peyton Manning was quarterback for the Colts, that they just simply did not draft a quarterback like Curtis Painter in the seventh round whenever oh, no. he came? You know, like had Jim Sorgy for a hundred years. These guys, the top of the the best of the best, they just never wanted anyone in there. And, you know, Rosen took it with class.
0: He did. And I'm. that doesn't change the fact for me that me and Arms both last year, pre-draft, weren't high on Rosen. I'm still not. I'm not either. But I hope I'm wrong. I, I hope I'm wrong. And I hope Rosen is the Dolphins franchise quarterback of the future, especially being a Dolphins fan. But I hope I'm wrong. I, I am not worried because I don't think we gave – I don't think we gave up anything no, at all. You for didn't him. give up. And, and, and as much as it would normally take to get a
1: a, no. a top 10 last year quarterback. And this wasn't well, you know, a classically great quarterback class. We all know that. Right. But the, the one thing, you know, the, our biggest knock, my biggest knock personally on Josh Rosen all along was I just don't think he has passion for it. I, I think he's immature. I, I just think— Not a leader. Yeah, not a leader. Kind of a crybaby. And that could change. Yeah, and that, I, that may have changed. But That's what I'm saying. I think that this, this situation changed him to realize, I have to be better because, you know, God-given ability isn't going to just get me there. Nope. And I, I, I firmly believe if there was ever going to be a turning point in his career— It's going to be because of this, because I could see him just middling away
0: for three or four years in Arizona before they move on. Yeah, and before they get weapons around him and a staff around him, and all credit to Miami, it looks like they're doing the rebuild right, and I hope that it is successful, not just because I'm a fan, but I, I want to see, just like the Browns, Yeah, we... No one wanted to see the Browns continue to suffer, except for maybe Steelers fans, and Bengals fans, and Bengals fans, Ravens fans. But everyone else, we don't want—we don't want to see them continually suffer. It's kind of hard, especially living in Ohio. So it's encouraging to see them come back, and it's about time for us to wish the same for Miami. Like, good God, please find somebody not named Dan Marino that can actually help this team be respectable. Correct, Just respectable. Correct. I mean, be
1: competitive. Be competitive. That, that, that's what makes football great is competition. And whenever you're – yeah, they beat the Patriots about once a year, it seems like. But, I mean, they're winning four, five, six games a year, and that's it. Right. So Absolutely. Yeah. All-class all move with uh with the way Rosen reacted. And you know what? Once again, I think uh, the – you know, he knew that he has all the tools. He's, he's known that. And I think that that kind of was a detriment to him, so cocky about it. You know, so, you know, like, oh, uh, you know, I can do this, I can do that. Now it's just like, hey <laughs> – yeah, I'm stepping back, realizing that I do have, you know, uh, uh, just God-given ability isn't going to get me here. I'm going to work. I'm going to be a better player. Yep,
0: I love it. I'm hoping the first year in Arizona fed him a slice of humble pie, and he becomes a feel-good story. We'll see. Now, correct, agreed. Kyler, you know, we we've talked about him in depth. We knew where he was going, and we kind we kind of knew that the Giants were going to take someone. But, but my God, Jesus Daniel Christ. Jones at six, that. <sighs> Now, now listen, I mean, maybe Daniel Jones ends up okay. I, I don't know. We're not high on him. Six is high. The the
1: best thing I saw about Daniel Jones was the meme that said Daniel Jones looks like the guy who'd be cast to play Eli Manning in the story about Peyton Manning's life. Yeah. Like, and if you, I mean, you, you want a guy who's going to take you right about where you're at uh, talent-wise with Eli? You got Daniel Jones. I mean, has no problem throwing it to the other team. <laughs> I mean, just some some very questionable decision-making. I, I just – I'm calling it now. 2021, number one overall pick, Trevor Lawrence
0: to the Giants. Hmm. A lot of people are calling Tua to, uh, to Miami already. I hope that's not the case, but – there's some things I like about Daniel Jones, but, my God, not not for pick six. No. Daniel Jones, to me, should have been a back end of the first rounder. He should. I have don't been, think he should have been a first rounder. I think based on the I, – I mean, for me, it's, it's a barely. It's like you want to move in and take him like Baltimore did Lamar Jackson at the end of round one, fine. I got no issue with that. Doesn't mean I like Daniel Jones or think that he's going to be successful, but I got no problem with you shooting on the potential that late. But six – Man, if that don't work out, that's... I mean, you have
1: Haskins. Haskins literally laughed whenever they took Daniel Jones. He just goes... (laughs) Like, you." there's a video of it. I'm like, that's... All of a sudden, Dwayne Haskins, biggest chip on his shoulder now. He is... He is he he became motivated beyond belief. Absolutely, he, he's I've I had him as my number one quarterback, and I'm standing by it. I
0: think Haskins is going to have the best year out of any rookie quarterback. Still my number two as far as the, the rookie class goes, but I I do hope Dwayne Haskins ends up the best of the bunch, just because a lot of criticism for a guy that played so well for Ohio State last year. But what let's uh Drew Locke to the Broncos. Reason I'm getting through that, I kind of want to get an opinion from you and I. But Drew Lock Broncos, a lot of people had been calling it. We didn't know it would be that late. I think they got a steal. Like they really played it smart and were patient and waited on Drew Locke. Yeah, they addressed other team needs, probably more pressing team needs than a, a, you know
1: former Super Bowl MVP Joe Flacco. Still have him on the team.
0: Noah Fant was brought in, yeah, they, which we love.
1: They added an offensive tackle. All before they take Locke. Yeah. And Locke was well in the argument of being even the number two quarterback off the board. I mean, hey, great great landing spot for him. Um, You know, as long as this just isn't Elway with another quarterback because over and
0: over again. I I mean, Drew Locke to me is definitely a better prospect than at least Paxton Lynch. I think Locke is a pretty solid prospect. I just think – He's not he to me, he's not a shoe-in to be successful. I mean, he's gonna need to be developed. Yeah. And I think he needs to sit behind Flacco as long as they can make that happen. And speaking of sitting, let's uh what do you think? Kyler Murray, we know he's starting. Nobody, nobody is gonna threaten his. He's a week one starter, bar none, piece of cake. Daniel Jones, when do you think Daniel Jones starts arms? <sighs> Next year, not to that, not this year, the following year. Gettle- Gettleman was on record as saying, like maybe he doesn't start for three years, and they Aaron Rodgers him, but that's I, not. You
1: know, happen. honestly, why not? Because I don't think he's going to be an upgrade. I, I think you're going to see a little bit of a, even if Eli struggles, which Eli has been struggling for the past few years. Even if he struggles, like you bring in Jones and Jones struggles worse, you yank him back out, you put Eli in. This is just a bad situation for their team. Yeah, all around. I mean, you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterback.
0: Yeah. Now, now again, Daniel Jones could make it happen. There could be development. If they let him sit for a year, maybe he is a, a good quarterback. Maybe he was worth the yeah, through, pick six. But through, in, unless I've, I didn't look
1: into it, but I, I saw one of the memes. His career highlights include losing to one and eleven Baylor, losing to uh, you know fifty six to seven. Was was that to Baylor? That lost fifty six seven. Regardless. They they also lost he threw what two interceptions or two touchdowns nine interceptions against Virginia, like th- those kind of things shouldn't happen with a top ten pick. No, like I get it, a bad game, but oh good
0: lord! It, it just I already feel like his last name should be Bortles. Like, I just i I think Bortles has better upside. <laughs> that's pretty bad, Dwayne Haskins. Uh when, when's, when's he going to start? Day one? Day one. You don't think Keenum grooms him, brings him along?
1: Uh, I think Haskins passes him quickly in camp.
0: I think I that think Haskins will be starting by week six. I think they'll roll with uh, Keenum for a handful of games. Uh, I think they will work with Haskins, make sure he's ready to go when it happens, hope that a mid-season entry sparks the team and they go on a winning streak to set up 2020 uh, to be a better year. But we'll see. Drew Locke. All year, maybe two. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of think out of all these quarterbacks, Drew Locke is the one with the greatest chance to sit all year. Now, And that's not a detriment to him. He's better. In either of the other landing spots, uh, I'm saying he starts quicker than Daniel Jones
1: and doesn't relinquish job, and he starts just as quick as Haskins would. Right. That's my thing. But I
0: do think that Flacco could have a – Small, late-career resurgence, have a solid year with the Broncos, and Drew Locke gets held off.
1: We always bash on Flacco, but it's not that Flacco's bad, okay? He's not an awful quarterback. He's just not a fantasy-friendly quarterback. No. He doesn't make a a lot of bad, you know, huge mistakes. Not a ton of pick-sixes. Baltimore hasn't given him
0: weapons in years. Oh, no. Denver has weapons for Flacco right now. All the way around him. And I think Denver was smart to bring him in because I think Denver knew that Joe Flacco with weapons, even— an end of the career Joe Flacco with weapons is better than anything they've had in a while.
1: I mean, right off the get go, they addressed his favorite position, tight end. Yeah, like right off the get go. So you, to me, the 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 pick, you know, the tight end, Hawkinson. No, Fant. Fant. So to take Fant right there, they immediately said, "All right, we're committed to you know give Joe Flacco the run initially, and then for you know lock to fall to him, okay." And now it's like now we've got our our quarterback now, and the quarterback of the future. Yep. And I mean, Flacco's uh, near the end of his career. You know, this isn't a crazy move by any team to you know have that no, that second round guy who had first has first round potential with a thirty some year old quarterback waiting in the wings. I mean, even if if uh, Locke sits for two or three years, he could. They still, I don't think, have to address quarterback in the next couple drafts.
0: No, I agree. Now, to touch on some of the other ones that got drafted, quarterbacks, man, I feel bad for Will Greer. I really had hoped that he would go somewhere to compete for a starting job, and it's not going to happen. I mean, it's just not. Like, as much as you're not the hugest fan of Cam, I'm not the biggest fan of Cam, he's not getting past Cam. Cam's still young. This is this is a backup role probably for the next four years Honestly, and then he gets to move on and maybe get a starting job if he shows well in preseason and as a backup, and maybe he plays some. He will play maybe some. Cam, mis- Cam
1: gets banged up here in the last couple he, of years. He does. Banged up.
0: Maybe Cam misses some games initially to start the season because of the shoulder. Maybe Will Greer gets a chance to show what he can do. Maybe this was a pick where Carolina drafts him and he shows something and they deal him. You, you never know. It, it happens. I mean, it
1: I'm not hanging it up on Will Greer having starting potential in the league yet. If Cam gets hurt for you know four or five games this year and he shows well, maybe we're looking at a potential quarterback controversy in year two. I'm not saying it's going to I don't happen. I think that's going to happen. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I think Will Greer is a very good quarterback with a lot of
0: potential. I agree. Ryan Finley to the Bengals. That was the next quarterback off the board. There's potential there for him to get some playing time. Andy Dalton's not on solid footing. I granted I don't I don't see it happening but there could be worse landing spots for Ryan Finley granted hands off in fantasy but the Bengals did draft him in round four. Let's see what happens. I mean, it. they they
1: need somebody to be the heir apparent to Andy Dalton. And, I mean, uh, they haven't really had that. I mean, even when A.J. McCarron was there, a lot of people were clamoring for him. But that's not a testament how good A.J. McCarron was. It's a testament how bad Andy Dalton played it several times.
0: Absolutely. And the last one that I think has relevance to, to discuss is Jarrett Stidham uh, to the Patriots. I don't see Tom Brady hanging it up in the next year or two, but – Maybe this was the developmental guy. Stidham was a solid prospect at one point, and he does have the tools. This could be the successor to Tom Brady in a couple of years, maybe.
1: I don't like Stidham, but the Patriots make very, very few draft mistakes, and that's all I can say about it. It, it must have been a good,
0: you know, they must like something about him. Right. We'll we'll see what that is. Hopefully, in the future. I don't know if he's gonna be the next Garoppolo. I don't know if he's gonna be the next Matt Castle, but he's he got drafted pretty high for New England. So he's either future trade bait or future starter for I New mean, England.
1: End of the fourth round.
0: Yeah. Uh, fairly high yeah, I for, mean, it, for the Patriots because it, they don't they didn't need to draft a quarterback around oh, no, four. No, no, no. I mean it's Tom Brady. They could go out and just they could just bring Matt Castle back, like, hey Matt, you know, we know you're just hanging out on the street, but come on back, be back up. You know, stop selling insurance, come over and work for us for a little bit. State okay. farm. State farm. I, I don't know what he does now, but I'm not sure either. I'm sure
1: it's third string quarterback somewhere selling insurance or something.
0: More than likely. Let's touch on running backs. To me, one of the uh most hard to assess running back situations in recent drafts, Josh Jacobs, I think, solidified as the 101. And I say that, and I've seen people pass on him at 101, which I think is nuts. But Josh Jacobs, I not uh, that's not to say he's an elite talent, but he has a clear path to a day one starting job. Isaiah Crowell's not going to be in the way. Correct. You got to be happy that Crowell's not going to be the guy it's, for I Oakland. I
1: mean, thank God. I personally, my, I mean as a
0: backup though, do you like you got to like Crowell as a backup?
1: Oh, uh, yeah, no doubt about it as a backup, you know, the occasional goal-line guy. Sure. I mean Crowell yeah. can can move the chains a little bit. I just don't like him as a long-term uh solution to starting position for anybody. But you know, I here's the thing. I, I, I mocked Josh Jacobson I mocked him at twenty-four or twenty-seven to the Raiders several times. Personally, I, I think this is how the Raiders draft board should have went. They should have went Josh Allen at four. I agree. They should have went Montez Sweat at twenty-four. Then technically, you know, however they develop, if they both kind of end up showing up, it kind of looks like a net win from the loss of Khalil Mack. I know Khalil Mack's going to be a Hall of Famer. I get that. But I'm saying you you had two top prospects at, at you know, past rest positions, whether it's outside linebacker, or defensive end. And then myself, personally, I actually wanted uh, Jawan Taylor, tackle from Florida, because he kept falling and falling and falling. I wanted him at 27. Did It didn't happen. He was there, you know. But didn't happen. Um, They they end up getting the you know arguably the top safety prospect at at that point. Oakland as as much as they get bashed about you know this draft, it was actually a pretty good
0: draft. Yeah, it wasn't a bad draft. People were just looking at that first selection and they think it's a reach. And they're judging him solely based off that. That's not the case. They filled a lot of holes. They grabbed a lot of guys that will help their football team now. Josh Jacobs is one of those guys. He's the 101 to me. There's not even anybody close to him at this point until training camp starts and maybe some of the the hot uh, flaming takes come from the guys watching the practices. But right now, Josh Jacobs, Dynasty 101, no doubt about it. And I think he could be very successful in Oakland. I, I I hope so, and he's an upgrade from everything they've had in the past three four years. Absolutely. Now, the next guy that came off the board, to me, is the next guy that should be coming off the board in dynasty drafts, not necessarily 102, but the next running back off the board. There's going to be some people higher on the receivers, but Miles Sanders, a lot of people had him ranked as the number one running back in this class, and he goes to an Eagles team that – Really only has Josh Howard in the way, and Josh Howard is on a one-year deal. Not that his deal was one year, but he's on the last year of a deal. Who do I say? Josh. I'm sorry, Jordan Howard. Josh Howard? Who's Josh Howard? I, I don't know. Must be a buddy of mine from the past. Jordan Howard, last year deal with Philadelphia. I, I think they're definitely going to use a committee approach, so I don't expect Miles Sanders to blow the world up year one. But I think he's going to take that job as the season progresses. Here's what I'm
1: going to say. We have to realize Sanders is a one-year starter, okay? Yep. The guy before him, pretty decent. Really good, you yeah. Know, pretty decent. Not Sa- bad. Saquon Barkley. If Sanders had two or three years of body of work, he probably would have been the number one uh, running back off this year's draft board. I like, agree. Very realistic. I think it's likely. Because he, he did well. I don't have his stats in front of me, but looking look him up, I'm like, dang, he's—
0: pretty damn effective you know you watch, and you watch the the tape and he has some moves i mean he has some moves he learned something from the guy that left before him so i love miles sanders in philadelphia i think it was a great pick by them i think it's a great pick for dynasty i made the pick of him in two different leagues today because we draft right after it's all over mm-hmm. i'm excited about miles sanders i think if there's two pro bowlers in this class it's jacobs and sanders
1: i agree so uh just a since it didn't happen in front of me, Sanders averaged uh, six yards carry in college. Had nine touchdowns a senior year. Obviously, to look before that, you can't really say much because you know they had Saquon Barkley. Yeah. But I mean, still a senior year, five point eight with nine touchdowns. Um, adds a little bit in the passing game for him as well. I mean, at the end of the day, they they don't. I I don't mind Jordan Howard. I just don't like Jordan Howard. And I. I think Miles Sanders could very well win this job, you know, if if healthy, win this job and can potentially.
0: Right. And this Eagles team is a team that's not far removed from a Super Bowl victory and they're not far removed from being one of the better teams in the whole league. They're not going to pin their hopes on just a rookie running back. They're going to pin them on a veteran like Jordan Howard and a rookie running back and they're going to build and progress from there. What I think you get with Sanders is, you know, before it was always Here's our running back
1: one down one and two, and here's our pass down situation guy. And now with adding Sanders, they've got someone who
0: can potentially be a three down back. Yeah, no more little sprinkle of Sproles, little sprinkle of Wendell Smallwood, little sprinkle of Corey Clement. Oh, here's some Ajay for you. That that's over. It's gonna be Jordan Howard in the early going, and Miles Sanders will slowly eat into his carry load. Daryl Henderson, kind of sad about this one, but then again, there's a silver lining. Daryl Henderson was the next running back off the board to the Rams great pick by them as far as Todd Gurley insurance in case that arthritis is an issue, but my God, if, if Todd Gurley still going to be Todd Gurley, Daryl Henderson is just simply not going to get used that much.
1: You're right. But in the event that they, you know, to me, this says we maybe have a little bit more concern than we want to let on about Todd Gurley's knee. It was a third round pick. I, I understand that, but you know, it's it's kind of a luxury pick for him to pick him pick him up if they're secure with Todd Gurley they think he's the you know the answer and it did show obviously with C J Anderson's emergence I mean he's he's definitely an upgrade from what I believe C J Anderson is but yeah there's long term probably two years out potential for Daryl Henderson do I want do I have him right now only as a handcuff
0: yeah only as a handcuff or if everyone that you wanted to grab is off the board. And Daryl Henderson Henderson's there, and you go for a high risk, high risk, high reward pick, and that could be Daryl Henderson in the future. It could be, but I wouldn't want to bank on it. I wouldn't want to waste high pick. Daryl Henderson averaged eight point nine yards a carry two seasons in a row. Insane.
1: He's not a joke. No, you know he's didn't play against greatest competition his entire career, but man, he's pretty damn solid. I mean, whenever you you do that, you know twenty three hundred plus uh, total yards in two thousand seventeen everyone's looking to stop him in 2018. He still averages almost nine yards a carry. He's got a lot
0: of potential. He does. And and like I said, if you run out of options and you hold a pick and he's there, maybe you take him. David Montgomery was the next running back off the board of the Bears. This one broke my heart because I've been acquiring shares of Tariq Cohen and Mike Davis. I thought that the Bears would take a running back, but I thought that it would maybe be like a Bryce Love or a – Benny Snell, like somebody Mm -hmm. that I think would fit well on the team but not necessarily threaten for a lot of carries. I thought Cohen and Davis might be the main guys, and they'd add a rookie to the mix to eventually take over for Davis. That's not the case here. David Montgomery could very well earn a big role on the team.
1: I Right now, I almost feel like David Montgomery comes in as a running back by committee immediately.
0: I I also feel that way. Now, I'm not that high on him in Dynasty because – Cohen's going to get his Cohen's going to be the passing guy. Cohen's going to be the spark plug. He's the third down back. He's going to be mixed in. I think he'll get his own set of series in each game, a couple series here and there to spell guys like Davis and Montgomery, but Montgomery, I do not believe is going to be used as that all around back that you want in fantasy. So I'm seeing him go picks two and three. I think that's too high.
1: It is for me, especially because let's also realize Mike Davis, they, they couldn't keep him off the field. Yeah, no. in Seattle. Solid player. You know, they have a they had a first round running back last year and they kept playing Mike Davis even even whenever, you know, uh, Rashad Penny was healthy. They still kept giving Mike Davis some run. So it, it wait and see for me. You know, I'll take him at the end of round 1, you know, towards the end of round 1. Oh, I, I do think pick 2 or 3 probably a little bit too high for David Montgomery.
0: I agree. Now and and again, I have Cohen and Davis in a handful of leagues and and a guy in each league's like, oh, I know who you're taking here. Cause I had there were two leagues that I had some high picks in. They're like, oh, you better take Montgomery. Like, why? Why why had I better take him? Just so I can ensure the two guys I already got. No, I'm taking Miles Sanders. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna Cohen's fine. Cohen's fine. I I don't get that. I don't want three guys off the same team. I'm just gonna go ahead and bypass that situation, keep my guys, hope for the best, spin the pick on someone else. that's how I felt that pick broke my heart Devin Singletary was next this one did not break my heart third round pick to Buffalo who's been acquiring running backs like crazy lately but it's Frank Gore and TJ Yeldon along with LaShawn McCoy I think Singletary is the single biggest upside pick in the dynasty drafts coming up to me Devin Singletary is a huge upside pick but it could also bomb out completely
1: Yes, it could, but they have like an average age of something stupid, like 35 years old for their other running backs. I mean, the guys, you know, at least 10 years younger than them. Singletary, very realistically, within the year,
0: should be the starting running back. Should at least be the 1B to a 1a. It should, I mean he should at least be eating into the touches. He should make Frank Gore relevant. He should be able to make TJ Yeldon irrelevant. I don't know about McCoy. McCoy's still a good running back, not a great running back, but I think I honestly think this is the year McCoy falls off a cliff. Frank Gore should have already fallen off a cliff and TJ Yeldon couldn't get a job until last week. So Devin Singletary is a major upside pick for me and I love him. I'm taking him everywhere I can. I'm, I'm high on him, too, probably mid-round or mid-first round. Mid-first round. That's pretty much where I got him as well. And I think you can get him there. I don't think he's going to slip, you know. I don't think he's going to slip into round two. So if you got a mid-rounder, I it could be wrong. Spot. I don't
1: feel like Singletary ran well, though. He, he, I, he I think did. I don't think
0: he did. I think that's what kind of knocked him down. He was kind of a polarizing prospect. And then the Combine, like the Combine does... Kind of shot him in the foot a little bit, and he becomes a third round pick instead of a second, which I I believe yeah. is where he should. Yeah, win that's it.
1: four six six. I mean, but with Dave McGamera here in a four six three, I mean, there is a, there's as we know a little bit too much put into the uh, the the pre draft process. God, yes. But you know, four six six is a little bit concerning. <laughs> also, the guys in front of him aren't that impressive anymore. So no, it's not that concerning
0: to me this year. So next we had uh, Damian Harris. I I don't have a lot to say on this because. Terrible landing spot. I'm sorry. Sony Michelle's better. Damian Harris is not going to threaten for the starting job, but he will be mixed in. I mean, he will be mixed in. That's what the Patriots do. So Damian Harris will be good for the football team, but I, I just not for fantasy. Not at all. This one, same way, breaks my heart for
1: Damian Harris. Yeah. Because um, I feel like he could have started on a few other teams in the league or at least been in competition for starting. And I don't think it's going to happen here. Now, what this does for me, it brings me down a little bit on Tony Michelle because it's the freaking Patriots, and if they've got talent, they'll just keep rotating talent and make you insane. Yep. It's like, all right, Sony Michelle had 175 yards. We're gonna rest him next week. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing, Patriots?
0: Damien Harris getting to work this week. Now, there's not a lot for me fantasy wise to talk about, but let's take turns talking about some interesting things. Mike Weber fell to the seventh round. I didn't expect that. I thought he would come up on the board for teams. But, hey, he lands with his buddy Zeke in Dallas and is immediately the backup to Ezekiel Elliott and the guy that spells him. I love it for Dallas. I hate it for Mike Weber. But then again, I don't because he's back with his boy Zeke. And if Zeke goes down, Mike Weber is going to be fantastic in Dallas. Handcuff value. Yep.
1: Handcuff, But I think – if he gets the run, you, they still have arguably the best offensive line in the league. So, you know, it, that's that's like probably my number one handcuff out of this whole draft. If you got Zeke, you kind of have to go after Mike Weber. And in in the grand scheme of things, you should be able to get him cheap because nobody's spending anything on him. You should be able to get Weber with a second
0: rounder. Absolutely. Do you have – who's your who's your next guy that you either hated or loved the landing spot or –
1: I hate I hated Bryce Love. Me too. Go, Going to Washington. Me too. Now, does this a is it just that Washington loves guys with knee injuries with knee problems? I mean, is that what it is? Because Love gets hurt. You know, at the end of last year, you've got guys who was hurt at the end of the, uh, the previous year, or excuse me, the beginning of uh, his rookie year, like Adrian Peterson. <laughs> I mean, had, had knee issues. I, it just it kills me to know Bryce Love could be a better running back than Darius guys. Darius guys could be a you know a top five running back next year. Nobody knows. This is where it gets a little bit concerning for me, and I think there may be somewhat of a hit on Darius Geis' value. The guy's never seen the field in an NFL game. If Bryce loves you know plays this year, which I feel like he's going to be out the whole year, it could be wrong on that. But if he plays this year, you know, it does that become a little bit of running back by committee because Love was a hell of a running back for Stanford. I mean, put up stupid statistics and not this year, but the previous year. They were talking about him being, you know, number two or three running back off the board had he came out.
0: Yeah, and and I love Bryce Love still. I hope he can come back from it. But, yeah, the landing spot, it was just painful. I mean, to me, it makes him borderline undraftable unless you have Darius Geis. And I hate it. Just like Damian Harris, I just don't like it for him. Another one, one I'm torn on, Justice Hill to Baltimore. I love that spot. I kind of like it, too. Like, I kind of like it. Like, there's no clear-cut immediate Huge role, but there is a clear cut role. I he's think going it, to be the chimera. I think it's an absolutely immediate role. Oh, I do too. I think they going just, to. I, I think a lot of people liked Hill so much that they'd hoped he'd land a pure spark, a starting gig, which I think was naive. But with Baltimore, I mean, he's going to be the Camara to Mark Ingram's. You know, you, it's going to be like New Orleans Part Two. Yeah, and, and not you, saying he'll do what chimera did.
1: And you've got Lamar Jackson, who's still a young quarterback, hasn't played a full season yet. Where's, what's he going to do? He's going to look for the easy dump offs a lot, and that sh- that could spell huge success for Justice Hill. Like I could see Justice Hill, you know, creeping. In, I I know it's crazy creeping in PPR, possibly approaching top ten this year if he ends up in a role like that. You got to see how everything plays out in camp. Am I going to go out and you know pick it, a, put a top three or four pick on him? No, but I'll gladly take him. You know, towards the end of the first round.
0: Absolutely, me yes, me as well. I think Justice Hill. That's going to be a PPR League super special that you get mm-hmm. right there with him. Benny Snell, I kind of like the landing spot because Pittsburgh running backs are gold. But unless James Conner goes down, he's probably not going to see the ball much. I agree. I agree. Uh, S- Snell,
1: he, I mean, is he a heck of a running back uh, in the SEC, playing for Kentucky, always playing against top flight de- defenses. Didn't run great, but Pittsburgh has shown before they can make guys who, I mean, Bell didn't run spectacular. You know, I don't think uh, James Conner had an amazing 40 time, and honestly, he doesn't look that ridiculously fast on the field. I just feel like Conner's got to mess up, got to have some issues in games before Snell gets much
0: of a chance. Um, I. It, once again, handcuff value. I agree. Uh, Travion Williams, our our buddy Stoops's guy. I don't, I, 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 I don't know off, what to say about that one. Him. him and Rodney
1: Anderson both. I mean, they're behind, <laughs> you're behind Mixon.
0: Yeah. And, and Bernard for that matter. I mean, Bernard's okay. Bernard's not going to lose his role to either one of these guys this year. So, I mean, they, those guys are purely depth, and I kind of hate that for him.
1: See, I, I feel like Bernard could eventually, uh, be moved out. He becomes somewhat expendable with Williams
0: being there. I agree, but I think it'll it'll take a minute. Yeah.
1: Um. And I, at this point, do you? Let me ask you: Is Trayvon Williams in at the tail end of the first? Is he even handcuff value right now?
0: No. I tail end of the first round in dynasty yeah. drafts. I he's he's like a fourth round pick to me. See, right I was now. thinking
1: third. You
0: know,
1: early third. I would take him if I if I had Joe Mixon. Yeah. And here's the sad part. I feel like you gotta take Rodney Anderson too because. I don't know which one of them, you know, would actually be the true handcuff.
0: And with roster limits, it's just you can't do that. It's a situation to stay away from unless you have a taxi squad and you want to stash them there.
1: Yeah, and and I mean, heck, you—the argument can be made right now that Joe Mixon is, you know, one of the better running backs in the entire league. Why, why would you want to, uh, you know,
0: handcuff yourself with the rest of your running back limit? Yeah, yeah. Use your picks more wisely. Handcuffs are not always a great idea. Let's talk some wide receivers. Marquise Brown, first one off the board. You know, I'm not as high on Hollywood as everyone else, but now I'm definitely not because I do not like the landing spot whatsoever. Kind of the same thing.
1: I feel like two of my top three went to terrible landing spots. Yeah. So, listen, if Marquise Brown went to Kansas City, I'm buying all Marquise Brown chairs I can get, but he doesn't. He goes to, once again, a Young quarterback who may have some questionable, you know, the uh, question marks about his throwing with Lamar Jackson. Like, I love Hollywood Brown. Can, he's got the speed to where he can turn something small into something big, so you you got to love that. You know, depends on where where they're going to play him. Um, if they run him more or less out of the slot and give, give him the uh, short and intermediate routes and let him work in the open field, Marquise Brown could be a hell of value this year. With that being said, are they ever going to throw 30 times a game again? Probably not. It's that, probably that, unlikely. That becomes a part of the issue with Marquise Brown. It takes volume for some of these speed guys to be successful, particularly in PPR.
0: Right. Which, Miles Boykin, I feel the same way. I mean, he wasn't high on my radar anyways, but Baltimore, Willie Sneed, to me, is going to be the guy that catches the most balls there. Marquise Brown could be the touchdown leader. I think Marquise Brown catches more than Willie Sneed,
1: but with that being that, said, I don't think he approaches 100 catches. I don't think anyone one
0: team approaches 100 catches. No, I agree. They, Harry. So they still have 42 uh, tight ends. True. <laughs> Nikhil Harry, what do you think about that one? He was the only other first-round receiver. I personally love it. I think the Pats nailed the pick. I think Nikhil Harry's going to be a star there, and uh, he's a top-five pick in Dynasty Leagues, in my opinion. You
1: address two concerns. You address your your you know big go-to, big possession receiver. And you uh, address your red zone threat with Nikhil Harry. They lose Gronk to retirement. Uh, Josh Gordon indefinitely suspended by the NFL. Although he did sign his restricted free agent tender, which is a little bit confusing to me. What's going to go on there? But why tender him? You know what I mean. If, if I'm if, unless the Patriots know something, we don't. Why even tender the guy? Yeah. So. Uh, but I think Nikhil Harry, I, I had him as, you know, one or two all year long, all offseason long, and right now he's elevated to wide receiver number one on uh, the rookie draft
0: class. Yeah, I agree, and I, and I don't really see anyone on the list that would make me second guess that Nikhil Harry, to me, should be the first wide receiver off If, the if you take
1: Nikhil drafts. Harry 1-1, one, one, you
0: didn't make a mistake. No, if, you if, didn't make if a if mistake. If your rocks, roster construction no. needs it. Yep, especially if, yeah, if you're good at running back and you need a receiver, you take Harry, good job, but... I think the smarter thing to do was, the smarter thing to do if you have the option. If the guy sitting at pick two needs a running back, you threaten all day with Josh Jacobs and try to trade and gain a third or or gain something just to be smart. But Nikhil Harry, definitely best wide receiver pick in Dynasty Leagues for me. Debo Samuel was next. First wide receiver taken in round two to San Francisco. No more Pierre Garçon. Apparently, Marquise Goodwin's not a part of the plans anymore because I've heard that this was strictly a replacement for him. So you got Pettis and Debo Samuel. They also drafted Jalen Hurd, which I'm not a fan of. Debo Samuel, I am a fan of. I think he's a great pick in the top six or seven picks of the draft. I just landed him in the second round in the league and was freaking pumped because uh, I love Debo.
1: I, I love Debo as well, but I do think uh, Dante Pettis is number one there.
0: I, I agree with you. I think Pettis is going to have a nice, nice year, but I think Debo Samuel could be startable at some point during the season coming up. Debo,
1: I mean, he's he's a heck of a, a route runner. It's not like he's a one-trick pony that's only going down the field. I mean, Debo can do – we talked a lot about him in uh, our wide receiver show. He can do a lot. You know, high points the ball well, tracks the ball well, you know, find soft spots in the zones. That's if, – if Jimmy Garoppolo is anything like Tom Brady, he's going to find Debo Samuel a
0: lot. Absolutely.
1: Here's here's what I'm saying. I think Debo will probably lead the team in receptions, but I think Pettis will lead the
0: team in fantasy points. I, I like that. A.J. Brown was the next guy off the board, went to Tennessee. Wide receiver you purdictory. Hate the landing spot, but I still don't hate A.J. Brown. I still want A.J. Brown shares in some dynasty leagues because, honestly, I think that he could be better than Corey Davis. I'm that high on A.J. Brown that I think he could be better than Corey Davis, but Mariota's probably not going to make either one of them a big fantasy asset. So
1: in some of the drafts I've got, I was, you know, uh one of the teams took over. It was three quarters of the way drafted and terrible. I end up with the number three pick. I moved back to seven. And in my hopes is to get an AJ Brown around seven. Because here's the thing. If you look at what Corey Davis does, a lot of deep, you know, a lot of tried to go up and win it. AJ Brown can do that, but he's also a really good route runner. Very, as you said, very fluid, smooth. And that they've kind of been lacking that. they, I mean, they haven't had a receiver like A.J. Brown in Tennessee forever.
0: I mean, I can't, I can't even remember the last receiver they had that reminded me of A.J. Brown. No, I can't think of one either. I, I think it was a great pick. They also filled a need because they can play him uh, on the outside opposite those guys, no more Taiwan Taylor. We'll see. We'll see what happens with A.J. Brown. I still love him. I still think he's going to be really good eventually, but not until they make a big change at quarterback. This next pick, arms, Miko Hardman. We didn't even talk about this guy on any of our shows before the draft. I just didn't expect him to be taken very high. I I, I'm, I was shocked at uh, the pick when they could have taken Paris Campbell, that I thought could have been a better fit as a Tyreek Hill replacement. They could have taken an Andy Isabella. I, I can't believe how high he went either. Barry McClure.
1: I mean, uh, they're the same. Uh, yeah. Listen, I, somebody's got to lead the team in receptions next year, you know, and someone's going to be successful. I don't know if it's going to be
0: Mikko Hard McCall I'll, Hardman. I'll give him this. We weren't talking about Tyree Kill when they drafted him. Yeah, like we, Tyree Kill was mostly an unknown in my opinion. Whenever he came out for the draft, that that changed real quick. And they're saying that Mikko Hardman was the closest receiver in this draft to a Tyree Kill as far as what he can do with his hand, his uh, the ball in his hands. We'll see. We'll, I think, we'll see. Patty pers- Ice can do just about anything, so we'll see. I think the next receiver
1: off the board, I believe, came with the very next pick, would have been a smarter move for that franchise, and that's uh, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside.
0: Yeah, that, that was a great pick, in uh, my opinion, for the Eagles.
1: Now, I, I don't think that, you know, obviously he doesn't feel that he's not the same type of player, but do you have to replace a player with the exact same guy? No. No, no I mean, I think J.J. Arcega-Whiteside has all kinds of potential, whereas McCole Hardman... He, just like, as I've said before, gimmick type guys. There's only one Tariq Hill in the league for a reason because they're hard to find. Just because Miko Hardman fits kind of the 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 physical traits doesn't mean he's going to be Tyreek Hill. Right. So, I, I listen. He's probably going to have a great. He, he probably is.
0: I just I'm not ultra confident in him. No, I'm not either. Now, granted, he could be that guy that makes me regret not taking him with my round two pick because I passed on him in round two. And I'm sure I passed Devo. on Tyreek Tyree Hill in a couple drafts before me too. too so. absolutely. But just a crazy pick. Whiteside, I agree with you. Good for the Eagles. He was really climbing up my rankings. I think they made a great pick with him. I think he's going to be a very good possession receiver at the next level. Long term, he's going to be stud. I like it. Paris Campbell. I think this next pick, wide receiver-wise, couldn't have went to a better team. If (laughs) anyone's going to make Paris Campbell a really good, solid receiver, I think it's Andrew Luck. Like, Luck to Campbell, I posted on Twitter. Luck to Campbell? I'll take it. I'll take it all day. I I
1: believe you uh, compared Paris Campbell to uh, T.Y. Hilton. I did. I mean, what's crazy to me is you've got very similar guys. I believe Campbell's a few inches taller than Hilton, which obviously is going to bode well for him. And the thing is, we haven't seen Luck really support two stud receivers yet. But I think it can happen. I still think he's got that ability if you know if he can start veering away from the the uh, tight end a little bit. But, you know, I love it. I think that he's,
0: you know, should be going in the back end of uh, round 1 as wide receiver. I agree. I agree 100%. I think it's a good pick uh for a team that needs receiver help and for me he's a taxi squad stash initially, Yep. but he's going to work his way into that role in my opinion.
1: Can and we it- pair the next to the two Arizona guys together?
0: Yeah, let's pair them together. Well, two or three. Two. We'll we'll leave Keyshawn Johnson out of it. Yeah. Andy Isabella and Hakeem Butler. I loved Isabella. I think they I I was surprised at how high Isabella went. I was not expecting him to be a second round pick, but I, I do love Isabella. I don't quite understand. I feel like they should have been drafted in
1: opposite spots. Yeah, and like they, they took each
0: other's draft spot. But I don't understand this in in regards to Christian Kirk, I guess. Like his is Andy, I thought Kirk was going to be that long-term slot guy, but Isabella fits that a little more. Is Kirk going to move to the outside? I believe With Hakeem so. Hakeem Butler when Fitzgerald moves on? Like, I love Isabella. Don't get me wrong. I like him a lot. I don't think you should draft him in round one because I think he's absolutely going to last till late round two, maybe even early round three. I think Hakeem Butler comes off the board in most
1: drafts. I've seen that. Before Andy and Isabella.
0: In so, the few drafts that have started, Hakeem Butler has came off the board in Dynasty League's before Isabella,
1: let's just realize, you know, with the coach Kingsbury, right? Like, what is his What is his offense? It's timing and route running. Yeah, and Andy Isabella fits that mold pretty well, and he and he's, he he can run.
0: And so does Hakeem Butler.
1: Yeah, but both these guys, it, it, who they can run routes, you know, get open. Isabella might have a surprisingly, and Hakeem Butler might have a surprisingly effective fantasy year if Kyler Murray is what the Cardinals hope hope
0: for him to be. Yeah, absolutely. Now, let's go ahead and do the same thing again. Let's take DK Metcalf to Seattle and Gary Jennings Jr. to Seattle.
1: I'll put it on record right now. Gary Jennings Jr. has a better career in Seattle than DK Metcalf. I wouldn't doubt it. Right now, Gary Jennings Jr. is is more like Doug Baldwin, which is what Russ Wilson uh, gravitates to, whereas DK Metcalf... He's one trick pony. The guy here, here's his route tree: streak, post, post corner. Okay, great. And it, whenever all you have to do is you know rotate your hips 15 degrees to finish out you know to finish your your route so to speak, get by people. Russ can deliver deep ball as good as anybody. I'll, I'll say that, but I don't think DK Metcalf speed is not that special at this level. It's just not. Not,
0: not, not if that's all you got. Exactly. Not if that's all you got. And that, that really does seem to be all that DK Metcalf has, speed and ups. I mean, yeah, he's going to be a weapon, but he's not hes not going to catch a bunch of balls. I think he's going to be a 40 to 50 catch guy year in, year out, till he gets hurt. And I just don't like him. I think if you take him in the first, I think you're nuts. I don't like the pick at all. I don't like him in Seattle. I don't like him, period, as a fantasy PPR guy. Just I'm passing yeah. on him.
1: I'm I'm telling you right now, if I'm going to pick a receiver from Seattle, no doubt about it, no doubt it is going to be Gary Jennings Jr. I don't want DK Metcalf, and I've said it before, I I said it you know in all the pre-draft stuff like physical freak, but give me Gary Jennings Jr. for
0: Seattle. Absolutely. Now, the next guy wasn't really high on my board, but. When a Steeler, when the Steelers take a, a wide receiver in round three, you have to pay attention. Deontay Especially Johnson, early,
1: early round three. Early
0: round three, Deontay Johnson. Don't know. I, I mean, late second round pick for me, maybe. I've got to do a little more work on Deontay Johnson to see exactly what the Steelers grabbed, but they they threw me a Miko Hardman like curveball with that pick.
1: I, I tend to agree with this. I feel like there was better value that came off the board a little bit later. Uh, could have fit what they tried to do a little bit better. And all this tells me with Deontay Johnson is that they're confident in James Washington being their number two. Right. I mean, they've taken stabs when they had two the top two, you know, solidified receivers before. And just, you know, Marcus Wheat and Lima Swede, those guys take stabs at somebody and miss. And Deontay Johnson's a miss.
0: Right. Jalen Hurd didn't like the pick. I don't think he's going to see the field, even though he was a high third-round pick. Now, a guy that will see the field, in my opinion, the Redskins. We'll we'll double up on this as well. Terry McLaurin and, my God, Kelvin Harmon. The slide he took on draft day blew my mind because Kelvin Harmon, to me, was one of the best top five or six receivers in this draft, in my opinion. He fell, got gifted to Washington in the sixth round. I think with Dwayne Haskins getting Terry McLaurin, there's familiarity there. You couldn't ask for a better setup for success for McLaurin, but then you also got Kelvin Harmon, which I have no doubts is going to carve out a starting role in this team. They were desperate for wide receivers. They were. I mean, right, the Josh Dotson thing didn't work out.
1: James and Crowder's gone. They had nothing. The the cupboard was bare for wide receiver in Washington, and now they've got rookies, but they're going to have a rookie quarterback. You know, one of them's already got familiarity. Terry McLaurin, I'm not a huge fan, all right? We know that. But either him or Calvin Harmon, I think— this is where I would double up for my taxi squad. Let's say I'm sec- you a know, fairly secure receiver. I would double up on both of them. You know, take both of them uh, in the rookie draft if I could acquire them. You know, if I had, a, say, a, a late first and an earlier mid-second, if I can get both of them, absolutely. And one of, I firmly believe one of them, if not both of them, are
0: going to be successful at the next level. I agree. And they also grabbed a bunch of uh, free agent wide receivers after the draft that are rookies. They're definitely going to have some competition in Washington, but I do love McLaurin and Harmon. I like what you said. Grab them both if you can. Love it. Uh, Riley Ridley. I kind of like Riley Ridley's landing spot Mm -hmm. because, to me, the Bears have an opening there. They have a number 3 wide receiver opening on their team, in my opinion, and I think Riley Ridley just helps Trubisky. I mean, I think that he could be a good player for the team fantasy He's got to get past Allen Robinson and uh, Anthony Miller. I don't see that happening anytime soon. So for fantasy, he's kind of a grab and stash at the late third, early fourth round, put him on the taxi.
1: Taxi taxi squad guy all the way Um, would be someone if I had an Allen Robinson, maybe I reach a little bit for him. But uh, right now, Allen Robinson is the only uh, Bears receiver that I want. So I'm I'm fine. Like Anthony Miller. Yeah, but he, I don't think he has much fantasy value yet. And I I could see Riley Ridley uh working his way into the starting lineup by the end of the year, but don't don't count him as a starter anywhere in the first 12
0: games. Agreed. Hunter Renfro, I'll touch on him since he's your uh raider. You got an opinion? He's a locker room guy. All right. He's a, he's a leader. Um I
1: do I think he's going to play? Yeah. Yeah, he, I do yeah. think he's going to play because I do too. The guy, you know, how was it that they put it? He's a lunch pail dragon, you know, uh, gym rat or something like that. I think right. it was Rich that said that uh, in our group text. But, I mean, Renfro, he's a worker. And, you know, I, as I compared him, he's Rudy with talent. Rudy. He's Rudy. freaking Rudy with talent. Rudy. He's a great guy to have in the uh, – to, to offset uh, Antonio Brown in
0: that receiver room. Absolutely. Now we're going to touch on these tight ends Sign off for you. We're going to have a lot more show for you coming in the coming weeks to talk more about these rookies. But we just wanted to give some initial uh, reaction to what just happened in the draft this weekend. TJ Hawkinson, he goes to tight end purgatory. Does it matter to you? He drops to my number three tight end because of this. man, he's still my number two. But I'm interested to see where this goes. I I think the Lions, with what they're doing, they drafted Hawkinson – they, he really couldn't have went to a better team as far as what the team needed. They mm-hmm. need a tight end to block for carry on Johnson. They need a tight end that can catch passes because they don't have one. They needed a do-it-all tight end, and they got him. They got the best one in recent years in TJ Hawkinson. I'm going to go ahead and say I still like him in fantasy. I'm still taking him in the top 10 picks of Dynasty drafts because I think the Lions are going a different direction. I, I don't think they're going to be tied in purgatory for much longer. I like Hawkinson. Didn't love the landing spot, but I don't hate it either. I'm still going to take him.
1: Uh, you got to view Hawkinson kind of the same way you would an A.J. Brown or a Marquise Brown based on the spot. Like, just a lack of utilization is what's going to kill him. Um, now, they don't have Golden Tate there anymore to, you know, soak up a bunch of receptions. They do have Kenny Galladay. We don't know what he is quite yet. They uh, still have uh, Jones, Marvin Jones there. Marvin. So, I mean, Hawkinson could carve out a nice role. It's just, I mean, they had Ebron and. They did nothing with Ebron.
0: Now Ebron did put in a couple top ten finishes because of Talia in recent years, and I TJ Hawkinson to me is better than Ebron, so I, I'm still still fairly high on Hawkinson.
1: Here's what I'll tell you: all three of these guys are probably going to finish in the top ten
0: tight end this year. I'll go I'll go as far as to say two, but I, obviously one of those guys you mean is Noah Fant. Great landing spot. Joe Flacco loves tight ends. He's going to be freed up because they've got young talent surrounding him. Love Noah Fant. Love the landing spot. Taking him with the top five. If I've got a five and my I don't have greater needs.
1: If I've got love it. If I'm set at running back and receiver, I don't think you're crazy going taking him number one.
0: I don't either. I mean, I, I I probably wouldn't do it. I'd probably trade back if I could. It, it, I I traded. I, I'm I'm I was pick three in a league. And I spent two hours deciding between Noah Fant and Miles Sanders. I didn't need a running back. I need a tight end. I'm rolling with Jason Witten and Ricky Seals Jones, but I went Miles Sanders. I did it. I shouldn't, because I really needed Noah Fant. But I wanted to be like a real team and not draft. I'm not drafting on need, so I took Miles. Best player available. Absolutely, but See, Noah Fant is uh, going to be a beast. I,
1: I my thing is, I think Fant. I as soon as he, that draft pick came in, I got on Twitter. I put Noah Fant finishes number five or six. I think I named him five or six at tight end this year, and that's where he's going to finish. He'll be in
0: the top six. Absolutely. Uh, Irv Smith Jr., That they threw me for a loop there. Didn't expect for them to be looking for a tight end. They took him in the second round. That is substantial. Irv Smith Jr. going to be a nice little security blanket for Cousins. Does this mean Rudolph's time is coming to an end? Absolutely. I agree. Irv Smith
1: Jr., it's it's kind of like whenever uh, Cameron breaks. They picked up O.J. Howard down in Tampa Bay. You're like, but they got Cameron Brayton, and he's a good tight end. And then they extended Cameron Brait. But what happened last year? They kept giving the ball to O.J. Howard. They kept throwing his way. And I feel like that's what's going to happen up here in uh, in Minnesota. The Vikings are going to realize Irv Smith Jr. is the best tight end they've got on the team. And I can see him carving out a roll. Now, they've got to air the ball out like they did before. They, You know— Thielen's still going to get his. Diggs still going to get his. Obviously, they've got Dalvin Cook coming out of the backfield. But I think Irv Smith Jr. ends up with an excellent year, especially on the touchdown category. I
0: think he's going to be an awesome red zone threat. I don't disagree. Now, other picks that I liked, Drew Sample, not, not, not much opinion there. But Josh Oliver and Jay Sternberger, Two guys to watch, in my opinion, that got drafted, especially Oliver. Nick Foles, different quarterback. They could look at the tight end more in that offense. I like Josh Oliver there. Sternberger, eventually, I think, could be a solid fantasy player. Probably take a couple years. Dawson Knox and Buffalo. Kind of like him to be a guy that could start somewhere along the line. And that wraps it up for me on tight ends. The rest of these guys, I don't like their landing spots at all.
1: Uh, pretty much in the same thing I would I uh Cahale Waring, uh, San Diego State going to uh the Texans I'm, I'm not,
0: that's a that's one of the ones I thought about mentioning that, along with sternberger and Oliver could yeah, be good he could
1: be good but once again you know you've got to see what what that offense turns into with all their receivers healthy a lot of mouths to feed a lot of talent on that team so you know he's he's probably the number three or four
0: receiving option boom. That's our initial reactions for the offense. We're going to get a lot of stuff together for you in the coming weeks. Lots to talk about with this draft. Unfortunately, fantasy-wise, not feeling it. I've already went through a couple drafts. Uh, we're deep into round two in a couple, and, man, it's it's messy. Real quick, who won the draft? Who if, if won you the think draft? A
1: team, I, I've got two teams that are probably right there with each other based on a team the needs they had, what they
0: addressed, and what the value they've got. I loved what the Broncos did. I'm gonna to have to go all the way back through. I had a list, but I loved what the Broncos did. I liked what Jacksonville did. I think Jacksonville and Washington. And I, yeah, I do like what Washington probably, did. based on their
1: team needs, yeah, improved the most in this year's draft. Oh yeah, Washington's a different team already. Yes, yes. Um, in one team, to me, one team lost the draft only one Giants and it was the Giants New York Giants totally lost it it was over sorry with the sixth pick it it was over and it would have taken a hell of a recovery a lot of people are knocking what the uh the Raiders did but you know arguably uh Farrell fits the their scheme better you know they they had I think they got two other guys that were you know ranked number one at their position I got The Raiders ended up with a better draft, you know, once you look at it in totality. Uh, They've got Jacobs, number one at the position. Farrell was number three at the position. Jonathan Abram, number one at the position, um, and on a lot of uh, people's draft boards. They end up with a quality overall draft.
0: It was just so shocking at the beginning. That it was. But we're going to bring you more. We're going to gather some more draft knowledge. But, man, it was a fun weekend. We watched it to the end, waited to do the episode so we could get a little bit of draft content out there so keep your eyes out for next week we'll be bringing more we'll have neil to chime in with some of his we'll do some rankings soon we're going to crunch everything that happened put some rankings to it do a mock dynasty draft whole nine yards thanks for joining us bark is out good night peace this concludes another episode of the back row fantasy show thanks for listening and be sure to give us a review